as an introduction so we can kind of go into the conversation. Uh, first, can you give a quick rundown of your professional journey, um, just in a few words? Yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, I would like to to to, to, to say I'm, I'm passionate about the analytics and how they impact the decision making. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what you can find on my profile in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And is there because I mean it. I, 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 I've been working 20 years on, on this space. I started what it was called uh, Data Warehouse, then Business mm -hmm. Intelligence, Big Data, sadly uh, becoming more on, on, on other spaces. Lately, uh, as well, um, on the space of advanced analytics is how I like really to, to think about that and the evolution of, of analytics on, on machine learning and artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, because that looks far away from the decision making. That looks more kind of science fiction, as we were kind of commenting <laughs> on the on the dune. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still waking up with the same energy and curiosity that uh, that, I, that I had when I started, because I feel this is a, a really super interesting space and a space that is changing, is evolving. Uh, I've seen uh, the, the, the space of analytics evolve uh in the right direction and i feel that we are now in a super interesting moment of, of the of the mm -hmm. history of how these analytics can really make a, a difference for for us i mean as a as a as a person as a as a leader as a decision maker as the mankind in in, in general mm. um yeah why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think this is a kind of like a pivotal moment and a super exciting time to be alive as a data leader? Yes, a, a couple of things that comes to my mind. One is definitely the, the, the technology. Mm. Uh, technology as well nowadays is really allowing some of the things that, uh, that the old promises that, that we had. I mean, uh, we all heard about these single source of truth, data mm. the source. But I can tell you that in my uh, 20 years experience, I haven't seen that as it was kind of promised. There was a lot of really hype and a lot of promises that I believe that now we are really closer. Uh, the technology is allowing that. And as well, some of the new uh, concepts like the data mesh as well will support, in this case, to try to be as close as possible to the source of the data, to think about data, pro um, uh, data product and as well put the right governance to allow distribute the data and make it accessible to the one that needs really to, to, to consume it. Mm -hmm. As well, I've seen changes on, on the ways that we are approaching some of the problems. Uh, I've seen pretty often that uh, we are focusing on, 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 on an output. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have a problem and I, I think, okay, you, you need the, I don't know, the PNL of your company. Okay, I will, I will build it. But we need to, to focus more and we are changing that as well. I, I feel that this is happening on the outcome. So what are you going to mm -hmm. do with that? How do you want to use the information that is really on the on the PNL? Mm -hmm. After you read that information, what else do you need to, to, to do? Um, mm -hmm. I feel that, that as well as a data leader, we need to, to challenge. We we this is not about tell me what do you need mm -hmm. as, a, a, as a leader on this space you need to challenge and to be prepared to, to challenge in this case your your consumer or your customers mm -hmm. and it's not that i'm going to wait that you tell me what you need so i'm going to wait i'm going to listen to what's your problem and then i'm going to tell you how you can mm -hmm. solve that and it's not about technology 
Mm. Technology will enable that, and again, with faster, more data sources, uh, more uh, uh, possibilities, better graphics. But uh, what is important is always to remember that the data needs to tell a story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need to be sure that that story is a solid story. It's not Mm -hmm. that I'm delivering something and the story ends there with the deliverable. That's Mm -hmm. an output. And we need to think about the outcome. Mm, very good point. So, and we're going to talk a lot about that right now. Like after having spent all these years in the field, what do you actually see as the as the challenges within businesses, both from your perspective as a data leader? Like, like what is your challenge, right? And then, and then after that, we can also talk about what challenges do you see data solving for others, right? Because that would be a good starting point into crafting these better stories and having the right perspective. But from your from your point of view, what do you see as the bottlenecks in terms of this data-driven transformation of people becoming more data-driven? One of the, of the things that, and, and that's what I was feeling, as I said before, that we are uh, in, a, in a good moment. I mean, mm-hmm. the main challenge I still see is uh, related to the areas of uh, data governance. Mm. Um, we hear a lot of companies, including the, the one that I'm currently working with, uh, Roche, Novartis, other firms on the on the um, biotechnology industry, talk about that the data is the new gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we think about that, we definitely should take a look at data as an asset, mm-hmm. and that asset needs to have a governance around it. Mm-hmm. It's not an IT task. (laughs) This is one of the challenges that I see that a lot of people still see that governance is kind of a a burden or a pain that IT is trying to throw to, to, to. No, no, no. You need to understand that we need to govern all the data, the assets that we have, the products that we are creating in a way that we can really share it, that we don't need to duplicate the data once and again in different data warehouse, data lakes, etc. And that governance in the past I felt that was not really taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Now is a nice challenge, but I see a lot of companies working as well on roles like data steward, mm-hmm. uh, trying to have the right hierarchy in this case to understand how this needs to be managed as a strategic asset. Mm-hmm. I believe that this will be really the, 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 the next big challenge. Nowadays, another of the challenges is definitely that there is a, a lot of vendors, a, a lot of similar offering. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm as well trying to put most of my discussions out of the technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what I need to understand is what's your problem? Mm-hmm. I don't want really to think on a technology from the perspective like, oh, that, that looks like a nail. Okay, you need a hammer. <laughs> and I mean, no, no, listen. I mean, listen, because maybe it's not a nail. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that is bigger, or maybe it's something that is uh, smaller and you need a, a precision tool. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that can be definitely some of the, of the challenges that I, that I see. As well, in the past, we, we were hearing a lot about um, data-driven culture and data-driven mm-hmm. or insight-driven companies. And definitely, I think that more and more companies are really taking uh, the, the, the analytics space and, and data and, and analytics really as a 
uh, a space that can really make a competitive advantage for, for them. Mm-hmm. And it's not really about the classic. I Another of the challenges that I, that I could see as well, Paul, thinking about that, is that, that there are still people that, that they create a dashboard with uh, SAC uh, or Tableau or ClickView or something like that, and they're like, wow, well, take a look. And I say, so what? <laughs> Sorry, that, that's that's a nice uh, kind of PowerPoint. Uh, what are mm-hmm. you going to do with that? And 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 coming back to that, even in, in some of the of the things that that I've seen, and again, it's a, it's a twenty year career, so I, I learn, I study a lot. You see that people are not considering that the way to put the data into something needs a story, mm-hmm. it needs a flow. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I was recently reviewing one of the. Uh, the latest deliverable that one of my 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 architects was doing, and when you take a look at that, I, visually speaking, was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was like wow, tons of new graphics that I haven't seen on bubbles. But in the moment that I started really to dig a little bit to say, uh, sorry, can you tell me why all the bubbles are more or less with the same color? Ah, uh, eh. Uh, what, what I'm looking here, mm-hmm. looking at that is no, cannot be because this or that. Oh, it's true. Uh, we're so say, so guys, I'm not somebody that is going to be impressed with the dashboard, with a nice report, or an algorithm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go deeper and to say, okay, so so what? What is happening here, actually? What is the what, what what's the story here, right? Exactly. What's the story? What else? Um, so yeah, and now another of the of the things as we're coming back to to, to the, the the space of advanced analytics, mm-hmm. and maybe we can really talk about that later. And um, I think that one of the challenges as well is the trust. Mm. Trust is uh, like in uh, like uh, like well the, the the trust concept with a friend with a family. I mean, it's not easy to earn it, but really easy to lose it. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if nowadays we are really trusting some algorithms to, to do stuff for us, you definitely need to look at the space in which you are to be sure that you can really trust the outcome of something that might not be transparent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, at the end, when you use technology to support the decision-making, you are presenting some results, discussing that with somebody, you you might need to answer questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the answer cannot be, um, well, because the algorithm, the algorithm says so. No, it cannot be. Mm-hmm. Trust, is, trust is one of the most important things. And I will actually want to spend some time just unpacking that. And before we get into that, so you said some interesting stuff about uh, data governance, data culture. You didn't mention data literacy, but I would like to maybe even touch on that. And, 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 and it's kind of connected anyways. And uh, yes. I, I also I also have an agenda with this, right? But I don't want to lead the witness. So uh, just to explore this a little bit. So when you talk about data governance, the importance of that, but also that you said that it's a, it's a huge challenge. Why is data governance a challenge? What is the friction there? What are the points of resistance? Well, uh, one is definitely, I mean, and you mentioned it because definitely it's related. I, I didn't mention that it's the, the, the data literacy. I mean, there is a lot of people that they do not really understand 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of use some of the of the buzzwords of of analytics really to uh, yeah to 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 stay kind of uh, relevant, but they do not understand what is behind. I think mm-hmm. that data literacy literacy is something that is as well one of the of the challenges because, uh, for instance, when I was uh, last last year, uh, I was a product owner of uh, an, a strategic initiative to explore how to 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 build a, a data lake. In this case, for for one of the areas that I'm supporting, a lot of people were coming to me. No, that 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 that's another data warehouse. No, it's not. No, no, you need to to read. You need to understand as well. When you're talking about oh, but that's artificial intelligence. Well, uh, uh, technically speaking, yes, but it's a predictive model. I mean, let's call mm. it. People needs to 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 understand that terminology and read about what it means in this case, in the context in, in which they need to, 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 to work. I mean, the, the, the same that in the past, I don't know, to, to know what it was a relational database or a star schema or uh, key performance indicators are terminology that I had to learn and that I need to use. Mm-hmm. I think that we need as well really to, to foster and to educate in this case, uh, uh, everybody, because I think it's something that is as well becoming mainstream mm-hmm. uh, in this uh, terminology. And this is why, one of the things why people do not understand, in my opinion, this data governance. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, that's an IT topic. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You need to understand as well what it means uh, in this case. And, and, and one of the things that I've seen as well lately and I, I like a lot is, is about uh, to try to, to manage. I'm going to, 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 to stay on, on, on our space mm-hmm. on, on analytics the solutions as products. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming back as well, on collaborating a little bit more, what I was saying that pretty often we stay just with the output. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you need that PNL. I build the PNL. I know all the financial tricks to build the PNL. I'm going to put some enough, nice uh, graphics. I'm going to put the logo of your company. Deliver. That's the, the output. Mm-hmm. I do not understand how you use it, what are you going to do next, if you need to share it with somebody, because I'm not focusing on the outcome, but I stay on the on the, on the the outcome. Mm-hmm. The product orientation is going into the direction to say, no, 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 we need to go further. And we need as well to understand that that solution has a life cycle. Mm-hmm. And that maybe Paul is going to use that the first time because he feels he's fantastic what I did. Mm-hmm. But after three months, nobody is going back to that report or to mm-hmm. that dashboard. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I stay in the output. I'm not looking at the outcome and I'm not really understanding that this needs as well. Maybe we need to add additional features. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to, because I forgot, I won't, but maybe my team forgot to do kind of a usability test with you to understand how are you going to touch and then mm-hmm. you don't find is I don't know where are the things because maybe are not or DC. Nowadays the technology are simplifying that a lot. But again, for instance, and something that as well, uh, I don't want to make a here kind of publicity of any tool. But in my opinion, why Tableau is so popular? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because it's a question. Well, in my opinion, it's because it's simple. Mm-hmm. I think that Tableau brought a little bit of uh, democratization or he put kind of the analytics space more on the mainstream. A lot of people with no clue could take an Excel yeah. and make it look like, oh, take a look. That means that you know 
what it means to do analytics. Well, a lot of people think, yes, I, I am an analytics guy because I can take an Excel sheet and make it look good with Tableau. Mm -hmm. No. Sorry, my friend, but no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, uh, this is as well uh, coming back and, and, and closing maybe the cycle here, Paul, uh, related to the data literacy. People need really to have as well an education around mm -hmm. the, the data, about the assets, about the governance, about uh, advanced analytics. Uh, and uh, more and more, I will see that some of the things that I used to provide maybe 20 years ago, that I was kind of the expert that was understanding the models, visualizing how these could look like and providing solution. This is going to be done, you know, by, by, by business, not mm -hmm. by, they will be able really to have the skills and to build the, the solutions and to understand how to model by themselves. But for that, they need education. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The question of education. So actually, when we talk about data literacy, data culture, and data governance. So for example, in all these, we see that there is almost like a language barrier between the people who live the data and breathe the data. You, you guys speak a certain language. You know, a lot of times it can be pointed to as industry jargon, almost, right? And, and, and jargon can be super useful, right? I mean, if you're having a high level conversation with one of your peers, right? You don't have time to always unpack what these things mean. And it just makes the conversation more efficient and more fluent. And you guys can you know, go into all kinds of spaces. But when you're talking to someone who's a non-data user, they need a different type of presentation, a different type of language. There's a, I don't know if you've heard about that. You've probably heard about Richard Feynman, right? Uh, the, the, the physicist, and there's the Feynman technique which is about how to communicate in language, like all these complicated uh, concepts in a language that a five-year-old can understand. I actually dumping these things down and use, using visual metaphors, using examples. And it's something that uh, people who work in technical fields, it, it's just a per, uh, perspective problem, right? It, it's purely a perspective problem because uh, you have so many responsibilities, so many things to, to look at. You don't even think that, oh, wait a second, the, the, the words that I'm saying Right. People can nod and people can say that, oh, yeah, the, sure. Right. But it actually doesn't connect with them. So just to spend a little bit, a little bit of time here, because I see this, this uh, if you want to extrapolate it into a bigger pattern, you can even look at our logo. Right. Like if you look at the logo, you can see that one side of the brain is like the human brain and the other side of the, 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 the brain is like the, the more technical right? right brain, left brain. Right. And the, the, the right brain is the more human perspective, the creative thinking, and then the left brain is more logical and, 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 and the reasoning brain. I know it's not perfect, this, this breakdown, but you can use that kind of model to think about human thinking. And uh, it's just that in, in technical fields, in, in analytical focused uh, uh, domains, people just tend to have like a more statistical, technological type of thinking, right? And you start to lose the human perspective. So what I see is a, just a general shift towards the human, thinking about even when you come forth with a solution, to someone, right? And you say, oh, a lot of these solutions, you create them and then a half a year later, no one uses it. Because it's it's not focusing on the human. Because even if you think about an outcome, the outcome will be sooner or later, you will bump into the human, right? The, the actual user, the, the impact will have to have a human consequence in order to be meaningful. Correct. Right. And I just see this like uh, it's it's a perspective change. If you think about, for example, data governance, I'm, I'm just curious, actually. When you, when you think about implementation of data governance, why do you think that some people fail at it? 
and why, and then why some people uh, successful? Why why are they successful? What makes a successful data governance program? Oof, that's that's a tough one. Um, I've seen uh, in, in 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 several companies that again, uh, let, let's strike a subset. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I, and I'm, I'm going to put really a, a really bad example that is myself. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's uh, too... <laughs> Please. Yes, uh, a, a subset or kind of a starting point for kind of the data governance, it could be really the master data. Mm -hmm. The master data governance that every company needs to have in, in time. You know, master data is kind of the foundation for any good reporting. I mean, you need really to have certain structures well-defined, certain rules. I've seen a lot of people that are just to think about how to manage that, to make approvals to the people that would like as well really to, to do some stuff, it seemed like a burden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I have to do it, but it's kind of... Uh, I've seen master data pretty often, and again, that's uh, what I'm saying, a, a really bad example, because mm -hmm. this year I had a chance to, to start to look kind of closer, because um, I was asked to, to lead as well a, a, a squad to, to, to go deeper into the, the data governance and, and, and master data. But I was normally escaping from the discussions of the master data, mm -hmm. because I said, I do not get how complex it could be to manage a big Excel. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds naive, simplification a lot, but this is always how I was approaching that. Like, mm -hmm. I know that that's, that cannot be that, that complex. When you understand, I mean, all the efforts that are behind try to, to manage the master data, you see that there is a complexity. Mm -hmm. And that complexity needs as well some approval flows some strategic direction. And I feel that many companies were not understanding that and they were not investing. Mm. When you see some, and again, I've been, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, I've been researching and working with these experts this, this year and learning. You see an structure with roles that we don't have. Mm. And I'm sorry, you feel that this is critical? Yes, I think. Okay, then we need new roles. No, well, new roles, new people. Oh, that's new FDs. No, 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 hold, hold, hold. No, no, if you're taking that seriously, you really need to invest. Mm. And if you definitely see that this is foundational for whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. as well in the space of trying to share the data, and this is nowadays some of the challenges that I have on my table. I mean, how we can share the data with uh, other areas without maybe duplicating that we are not saying, no, no, just give me your data. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, I am kind of the gatekeeper, not me in this case, business is the gatekeeper of the sales numbers. I cannot mm -hmm. give you that data. And then what are you going to, I mean, this is the source of truth. I mean, so this sharing needs to have a governance, needs to have some process uh, owners, needs to have some uh, uh, product owners as well, and needs to have certain structure to take certain decisions around the government of the of the data. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that this has not been really in many uh, companies properly explored. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's again coming now to, to a point in which I 
I, I believe that people really understand what it means and they're now in, investing. Another issue that I found in my current uh, uh, space is that there has been a lot of groups trying to solve the same issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people realized that this was an issue, but then they just started really to try to solve it individually. Mm -hmm. It's fine for a while, but now the efforts that uh, my, my area, for, for instance, are doing uh, uh, and supporting are pointing into, no, 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 we need to have kind of a, an holistic view, kind of a 360 mm -hmm. uh, view, uh, and not only with one space, but kind of with the space of data in the, in the company. We have a, a nice uh, initiative that, that is called uh, uh, Roche Data Infrastructure and Insights, that uh, the, the, the vision that they have is really to try to set up the foundation in terms of technology, in this case, to, to, to share all the insights that we want to share uh, around the Mm -hmm. the, the different areas and the, and the company and the, and the consumers. So how do you think, uh, it's an important point there, um, the role of ownership in leadership is essential, right? So there's this idea, and you hear this being thrown around a lot, uh, the idea of entrepreneurship, right? You need to act like an entrepreneur as like a CEO of your domain, right? And there's this concept of extreme ownership, and you just always take like you focus on ownership and you really like act as the steward of that particular domain and project. So how do you see that from your 20, 20 years of experience and, and as a leader, how, how important do you think leadership is as a, in, in a big corporation when it comes to data? Well, a, a couple of things come to, to, to my mind. I mean, uh, I, I think that there is no kind of right or, or, or wrong. I think that the, 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 the devil is in the details. Mm -hmm. uh, and a strong governance really can kill uh, uh, a lot of, of, of the things that nowadays might be possible in terms as well of self-service or um, advanced analytics. If you don't have governance, go to the other extreme. Mm -hmm. You will find really people duplicating the, the efforts, uh, people providing wrong results because they do not understand what they are providing, what they are doing. So I think that we need to really try to to, to find the, 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 the balance. It's not easy, but I think it's as well uh, the, the the role of the of the leader here really to try to to support that vision and to try to to to, to try to define when something really needs to be governed and when something can have certain entrepreneurial approach or for instance, how we see that nowadays at Roche with Agile. Okay, mm -hmm. we are using as well Agile. Uh, we are empowering the people as well. And, 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 and this gives people freedom as well. We simplify as well some of the old uh, ways of uh, decision. Uh, I'm as well now involved in some discussions to try to simplify as well how we were managing the portfolio and mm -hmm. going to more kind of Agile and delegation of authority and, and things like that. And the reality is that you need as well, you cannot really go and do whatever you want or say, guys, no, everything needs to come through me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're putting some guardrails. <laughs> say, guys, these are the guardrails in which this is your playground. It's a big playground, mm -hmm. but you need to put the guardrails in this case yeah. as well to steer kind of the, the, the direction. 
I've seen a lot of really, uh, and I love really because I feel that agile, especially in the space of analytics, is is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I I, I see how using uh, uh, in this case uh, the, the the agile methodologies or in this case uh, uh, approaches, you can really start to deliver value quick and not really say I'm going to deliver. Coming back to the uh, example, I'm going to deliver the PNL to you, Paul, in six months. Mm -hmm. Six months, we are going to have a couple of calls just to see how I'm doing, how I'm spending your money. And then when I deliver that, you might say, well, that's maybe not what I was expecting or you never know. I mean, Agile is really supporting that you have iterations, you you go, you deliver something, not the PNL, but sales and costs are going to be there. I have some issues with some of the DNA, I, but you will see how this looks like. We can really play a little bit with some filters uh, and stuff like that. And the problem that I've seen as well in terms of communication is that when you empower the people uh, and you are trusting them, for me, again, coming back to the governance, it doesn't mean that, um, how to say, that you throw the loose and then it's like, that's fine, be free. Mm -hmm. You need to keep certain, um, maybe maybe it's governance or certain, as a leader, you need to be aware what is happening because I feel that nowadays and more than ever, the role on the space of uh, analytics, on the space of uh, uh, the leadership on the space of uh, analytics, mm -hmm. you need to be a connector. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to be a catalyst. You need to understand that there are certain things happening in, in, in your space and be able to connect the dots and say, that looks like what other areas looking like or why are you using that technology? We have some some other. You give the freedom, but as well, you need to steer in this case uh, the, the, the things that are happening. Because if not, sorry, with all the vendors that are in the market, with all the creativity that the people have, and again, in the past, it was a topic more from... Um, uh, IT, but nowadays that creativity as well is as well on the business side. Mm -hmm. as I mentioned, mm -hmm. no disrespectful, but I don't want to be respectful. But what <laughs> happened that a lot of people with an Excel and Tableau they believe they are already doing analytics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That really creates sometimes problems of how to integrate security, uh, modeling, whatever. I mean, you you name it. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I like that spirit a lot. Um, I've been fostering that uh, in, in the in my in my team for several years, uh, delegating a lot of of, of the of, of the decisions. They they need to take it. And you 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 decide. I'm gonna. And one of the things as well that we've been doing lately and, and uh, at Rush, and I love it as well, related to the uh, uh, agile. Uh, approach is to use the what is called a BACC model of leadership. Mm. I don't know if you heard about it. BACC? Yes. It stands for visionary, architect, catalyst, and coach. And visionary, architect, catalyst, coach. And I love it, Paul. I mean, if you think about that for our space on, on analytics, on storytelling, mm -hmm. you need, or in this case, your the stakeholder needs to have a vision, but you need to build that vision. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need to put the maybe the foundation. What we were talking as well, that foundation is maybe a little bit maybe the governance. Guys, these are kind of the technologies that you can use. These are the guardrails in which you can play. Mm -hmm. You need as well to be the the catalyst. I mean, you need to try to say, guys, 
all of you are thinking alike, are trying to deliver something. Why don't you talk and try to see? And then uh, from, from that perspective, what you were saying about uh, new uh, mindset, mm -hmm. you need to be as well a coach. And again, a coach is not that you're going to say, no, Paul, you need to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you trying to achieve? Enabling them. Exactly. How do you do, exactly. do you do it? And then as well, if you need to steer, because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, we have people with more or less experience. We have some people that are so creative that you need to, to bring them back to the ground and say, stop flying and come back here mm -hmm. because this is a little bit the role. And, and I like that because, again, coming back to the space of analytics, it matches really how I see that the leader needs really to 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 try to 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 steer in this case the, the direction. Mm -hmm. No, this is really good. Yeah, this is fantastic because this whole idea I haven't I haven't heard before this VACC model, but it's analogous with you know what we found over the past two years of the approaches that work because the vision is just about having the right vision. A lot of people, really even high level professionals at big companies, a lot of times you can see that they, they actually don't have a proper direction, a proper vision. They're kind of in a defensive position. You know, things are happening in the company, things are happening all around in the industry, and they're backed into the corner just you know trying to take the punches and trying to react. And it's a, it's a losing position to be in, right? So the first thing is with the vision, the vision is an offensive thing. Not that it offends people. It means that you are out on the attack, you know? It's like even if you think about poker or, or chess, right? You want to be in control. You know, know, know that you're a chess 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 fan, right? And, yeah, and you need to have the initiative. Exactly. You need to have the initiative. And the vision is, by definition, an in, it's, it's an initiative in and of itself, right? Because you have a vision and you want it to bring it to reality. You have to have the right vision. So this is this whole idea about strategic thinking in a way, right? Yeah. Have a vision, have a strategy, have a direction in general. It sounds so simple. But it's shocking how how many people simply just don't don't do it. And then the second, and I like what you said about um, boundaries too. Boundaries so important because when you're an architect, being an architect again, that that, that suggests the creation and the drawing of certain boundaries, right? That's what architecture is. There's an infinite number of of potentialities, but an architect kind of puts a form and a shape around it. Okay, and that's that's boundaries. That's that's also what a leader does. Imposing those boundaries actually allows for freedom, because in a way, when you have these, then as a catalyst, right, then you can inspire and encourage and empower people to to work with these structures that you've already built, right? And that, right. that's what you need to need to just uh, yeah fuel that with your with your presence. This is why relationship building in that sense it's so important. Being a change agent, you're a catalyst. You're making things happen. You're kind of like a, a, a um, uh, like a, a steward, like a composer. And then right. the final thing, the coach layer, now that's the educational part. It's like, okay, now for everything to, to work well and so that every piece just falls into place, right? People need to be educated. People need to be enlightened. People need to be, you know, directed in a way that is informative and that actually changes their behavior for the better. And that's where, you know, powerful communication, breaking it down into language that connects with people comes together. So we always go, actually, uh, this is also like an interesting insight that a good story always goes from the general, the universal to the specific, right? 
And this is what we see here, like the grand vision, building the structures, being the catalyst, working with the with the pieces together, and then all the way to the final user, right? So I I, I see it coming together nicely. Now this is really good. This this VACC model. I haven't heard it before, but but it's it just fits so look nicely. For, look for agile leadership, and you will find it. Mm, agile leadership, awesome. Yeah. So and you you were mentioning something uh, Laszlo before, and and as well sure. uh, reflecting on that because. Coming back as well to the education part and, and the data literacy, I mean, I, I think it's important. I, I, I see as well your point regarding as well the, the complexity. Uh, we are using a terminology, uh, a jargon that sometimes is not easy. I think that as well, the way that you can influence and, and persuade stakeholders is really with simplicity. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that you listen as well, coming back as well maybe to the to the coach uh, uh, kind of role, mm -hmm. ask questions, you understand the starting point and try to visualize in this case, the, the end game. Definitely we need to simplify the way that we are talking. I mean, recently uh, I was discussing with one of my uh, finance stakeholders, if we should kind of uh, find a new brand for the, the, the data lake that we built. And we should really think more about maybe the data mesh and say, people just started to understand what the data lake is. And now you need, you really want to change it. This is, that's what normally IT is doing and it's not doing well. Mm -hmm. You start to change the terminology. Of course, it's not the same, the data lake of the data mesh, I know. But you start really to, to put on top and then it, for them it's, it's, it's complex to follow. Mm -hmm. But or, uh, this advanced analytics is not big data because I heard, and I, I have, you can just type in Google, big data and you poof. When I started to, to, to hear about big data, I never liked the term. Mm -hmm. I like the concept, not the terminology, because I think it was misleading. And I started to kind of use advanced analytics. I mean, I saw how Garner was defining the space. I say, well, it's a little bit of, of, of everything. I like more. And sorry, I mean, if you talk about big data, people that are not maybe on the space might think, oh, a lot of data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all. When you think about advanced analytics, I think that, but if now instead of advanced analytics, I start to talk about, um, I don't know, insights algorithms, people will say like, where, where is this landing? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For instance, a lot of people uh, as well started really to, to, to talk because mm -hmm. that's how nowadays is kind of classified. Uh, any kind of clustering or predictive model as well is, part of the machine learning and machine learning is part of artificial intelligence, but people start directly to talk about artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What the hell is of intelligence on, <laughs> no, no, let's try to, to, to put it on the, on the context. Maybe again, technically speaking, you're right. You're delivering artificial intelligence. Doesn't mean anything for me. Yeah. I mean, try to, to translate that, hey, this is a model that is going to take your history and it's going to try to help you to understand how your future might look like mm -hmm. based on the past behavior of the people that were putting the data entry points on, on mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I get that. And, and, and as well, it's not that it's so sophisticated. Well, it can be definitely, but uh, we need as well to do an effort on, 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 on simplify that a little bit. And again, mm -hmm. Not for all the audience. I think that there, I feel that there are audience that needs really to, I mean, uh, if you are uh, 
I don't know, talking about the accuracy. You are uh, discussing about statistics. Sorry, you need <laughs> to understand what is that. If mm -hmm. you don't know, okay, read. Because if I am going to deliver uh, something with a, a, a confidence interval, it's what, what is that? Okay, you are maybe not the right audience, but I don't know how to explain that maybe in, in a more simple term. So mm -hmm. that's where the data literacy is entering into the discussion. I mean, it's like, let's try to, to, to extrapolate that too. Um, I, I, I am pretty sure that maybe you, 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 need, uh, you read the, 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 the Financial Times, or I don't know, any mm -hmm. financial newspaper. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you a, an expert of finance. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to talk with somebody about finance, probably you need to read or maybe say, I'm going to take some courses to understand and to use the right terminology. Mm -hmm. If not, somebody will start with, to use things that are normal for them, but for you are going to look like, well, I feel it's the same. But of course, we could all, uh, everybody could say like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to talk about finance. Okay, we, we can, but to a certain extent, there is going to be a certain level that if you don't have that literacy, you don't have that education, you have to stop, sorry. Mm. And uh, actually, this is such a good point because even if you think about any kind of storytelling, um, and any kind of authority in storytelling will always tell you that it starts with the audience. Who are you talking to? Exactly. Who are you talking to? Right? Because I think yesterday I had another conversation um, uh, with another data leader, and uh, he brought this example of there are stories with the data and there are stories about data. Right? So, for example, when you talk to your own team, right, or you talk within professionals, that's a different audience. You can use different phraseology. You can use different terms. You know, it, it even builds familiarity with your audience. You're kind of on the same same page. You know, you're in this kind of exclusive group who understand this stuff. And we know this because when we organize events for you guys and we get 30 of you in the same room, right, talking with the same challenges, it's like jargon fireworks all around. And it's great. Like, it's, it's, it's not a bug. It's a feature, right? And it's good. But then when you are outward facing, when you're talking to someone, first of all, your data shouldn't be at the center. Your solution shouldn't be at the center. Your technology should not be at the center. The other person should be at the center. The outcome should be at the center. And data is just a key player in the story. And that's how people actually grow closer to data. That's how they warm up to the idea uh, of data. And then even I think with data literacy, right? You gotta be intentional. Like, why are you doing it? And then who are you targeting and why? A lot of times I can actually see that uh, really at the end of the day, it just comes down and boils down to, and it's not just data people being quote unquote guilty of this, right? Everyone is that sloppy communication means that I don't take the effort to empathize with who I'm talking to. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's like if it's a super simple thing, right? And just again, empathy, 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 empathy strategically. So in general, I'm orienting towards being focused on the other individual. And there are all kinds of things you can do on a tactical level too to be more empathetic, asking good questions, right? When you talk, intentionally trying to focus your words around that person, this whole, whole art in and of itself. And we just see in general that, that that lacking, you know? So what we're trying to do is just to constantly reinforce that focus because we really see that the power of this is absolutely explosive. When you start using it, things will just start to happen around you, right? People start to respond. People start to listen. Suddenly, they do what you tell them to do. And you're, you're like, hey, what is happening here? <laughs> this is like shocking. So uh, 100%, I hear you. I would like to spend, because I'm also conscious of our time, I would like to spend some time on trust. Why? So we already talked about the leadership element, right? Being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, visionary architect, catalyst coach, and all that, and having a good plan and being intentional, being on the attack, 
right? Not being reactive. Fantastic. Now, at the end of the day, you want outcomes. You're looking for outcomes. As a leader, you even need to be aware of what kind of outcomes you want to achieve so you can orient yourself, not because your plan will happen as you plan it, right? I think it was Mike Tyson, another sport, not chess, not poker, but, but boxing. He said that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And guess what? You will get punched in the face because that's just how the world works. But that's not what a plan is for. A plan's main function is for you to be able to orient yourself, right? And then you will need to tweak that and reorient yourself constantly. So, okay, that's great. Then when you have the outcome, what we see, and this is like the crucial piece in the middle, is that if you want to have, if you want to tell persuasive stories for good outcomes that actually influences people, that persuades them, that changes their behavior, there is this middle layer that's being neglected a lot, which we consider to be the fertile soil in which you implant the seed of the stories, which is healthy, thriving, fruitful relationships, right? And this is where trust comes in because the most important component and element and building block of healthy relationships is trust, right? So can we talk a little bit about trust? How do you see trust? How is that important? And uh, just whatever you have on the, the role and impact of trust as a data leader. No, thank you, Paul. Um, I, I think that trust in 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 this space is 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 key mm. uh, from the perspective as we mentioned before nowadays we have more more information uh faster i mean take a look how i mean i still remember when when i started to travel that i i had a i, I bought a camera and i started to use Skype, I was paying for that, even that on that way, to have mm -hmm. some video conferences. Nowadays, that's kind of a regular. We have that on our phones. Mm -hmm. the, the speed of, 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 of growing of, of, of the information uh, is, is fantastic. I mean, you have in Twitter as well, something is happening and everybody starts to comment. And, but do you really trust all that information? Mm -hmm. That's the problem that we have as well nowadays. We have a lot of additional maybe data points, but we are not solving the issue of which ones are the ones that we can trust. And a stupid example, and even if I'm doing that because I believe is <laughs> I need to do it, uh, um, uh, I like the Tom Perry, Tom Perry and the Heartbreakers. You know, mm -hmm. that Tom Perry passed away two, three years ago when it was a, a tragedy for me. And I remember that I found on the internet that he passed away. Mm. And I remember that I immediately reacted and I put something, it could be in Facebook, on Instagram, I cannot remember. Like, what a pity, thank you for, for all the music, how you inspire me. Mm. And I check it in several portals that, no, no, Tom Petty passed away. Suddenly, mm. like one or two hours later, say, no, he's not dead. He's in the hospital in a really bad condition. Mm. But he's not to say shit. I, 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 I try to contrast, mm -hmm. but definitely, I mean, finally he, he, he could not make it then. But you see how we are reacting nowadays. Mm -hmm. I mean, the speed, the speed has a, a component that in the past, uh, sorry, I mean, you need to digest. Mm -hmm. So the trust component is there again around the data. Think about that from the perspective of a, leader on the space of 
analytics on the, 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 the story that you want to try to build and the problem that you are trying to solve for, for your stakeholders, you need to build that, that trust as well. Mm -hmm. And again, coming back to uh, as well another uh, uh, similar example with the algorithms nowadays, are you going to trust just turn, turn left? There is a cliff, but the algorithm is saying go left. Mm -hmm. You are going to check. And I can tell you that in the first moment in which an algorithm is failing, you will not trust. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. That I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry again uh, to give some. Uh, you, you have a, a, on, on the phone uh, as well a predictive model that is called weather forecast. I don't know if you try to use, in this case, I have a, a, an iPhone from, from my company, but uh, it happens to me like say, oh, there is a sunny day and you look at the window, it, it's raining where you are. It's like, what, what the hell? I have mm -hmm. now other apps because I do not trust that one. It failed me a couple of times that I was not prepared for something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do not trust. You go to, to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we are building that trust Coming back to some of the topics that we discussed, Laszlo, that we try to simplify, that we try mm -hmm. to explain, mm -hmm. okay? I mean, at the end, if you want to, to, to drive a change, if you want to influence, you need to earn this trust with all the, all the players, mm -hmm. ecosystem that you have uh, around. Mm -hmm. You need really to try and as well, coming back to some of the things that we were discussing before. Ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Try to mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. what is the problem. Pretty often I've seen uh, that we focus on the technology and then we try to fit that need like what you need is, no, try to take technology aside. That's what I, what I said in the beginning, Paul, that now we are kind of living a super exciting moment. Mm -hmm. Almost whatever you can dream on the space of analytics, you can have it. Mm -hmm. You will find something really that will fit somehow. So forget about technology. Technology in the past, it was having limitations. Now it's not. Mm -hmm. I think that it's kind of cheaper and we can really dream about, I mean, storage is definitely much cheaper and you have certain things that are kind of fantastic. Try to take that out. Mm -hmm. Try to understand what is the need that Again, you might have tried to understand, in this case, how the data needs to be consumed, how it's going to be used, how this is going to facilitate your, your life. Because this is as well something that I'm always kind of challenging my, my team members and my stakeholders, how this is going to make your life easier. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to understand, uh, coming back as well, and maybe closing the, the, we need to understand the, the outcome, not the output. Mm -hmm. what, else, what else is next? What else would you ambition? I mean, I, I feel that sometimes we are stopping the, to, to listen and we start to talk too fast. Mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. I mean, it happens to me uh, pretty often. I mean, of course, with my experience last month, as you can imagine, in the moment that somebody's telling me a problem, my analytical mind already starts to model a solution. Yeah, yeah. So of course, with that, we are having bias. Mm -hmm. Maybe you stop listening and you already started to think, oh, I know, I know what this guy needs. And you mentioned as well, we need to put ourselves mm. on body shoes. We need to listen more and talk less. Yes. And then 
coming back as well to the uh, PACC model to try to make some questions as well as a coach. You know that coaching, <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a professional coach, Valerie, that I, <laughs> I, I love and she was fantastic. You know that they are always throwing questions to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you. You come with a problem or with a situation and they're kind of trying to understand and making you think. Mm -hmm. This is something that I love to do as well with my stakeholders. I try to make questions. What about this? What do you think about that? So yeah, try to, 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 to close in this case. As a leader on this space, I think that definitely we need to try to simplify and to listen mm -hmm. more. This will definitely mm -hmm. help to build the right story. Mm -hmm. And it's the right story for the guy that you have in front of you. It's not the right story that you believe the guy in front of you needs. Mm -hmm. No, su such you. a good point. Such a good point. And, and it's also uh, good to finish on. And uh, just as a, as, a, as, a, as a final note on that. So um, in the past two years, as we are putting together this whole vision and the community, I actually uh, kind of stumbled upon this uh, a thread of the cardinal virtues of the data leader, right? I think virtues are something that just completely faded out of uh, a culture. People don't even know what it means. But but if you, if you look at, okay, what kind of cardinal virtues, if you want to have maybe like three key virtues of a good leader who can actually bring about positive change, what we found is that one is this whole idea about ownership, right? So th th there's this responsibility and ownership, which we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and that is really connected to the vision and really connected to you building boundaries in general and just, again, taking on the responsibility and the ownership. And the second is really humility. Because humility is also like a classical virtue, right? But it allows you to shift the focus from yourself to the other person. This is what actually enables empathy at the end of the day. Like it flows from humility. And then the third one, which also you uh, kind of touched on here, is actually courage. But why? Because first of all, it takes courage to sometimes even challenge people, you know, to not just go with the status quo. And courage is so, so valuable, first of all, because it allows you to do things that are that need to be done, right? But also it creates a lot of trust because when you are willing to challenge people, they will start to trust you, right? Because they see that uh, he's for real. He tells me, he doesn't just tell me what I want to hear, right? But he actually tells me what I need to hear. And if you can do it skillfully, I mean, you do have to have like good communication skills in general or like decent communication skills, but uh, you don't need to be like a, a, a master communicator to be able to just confront people in a way that actually facilitates trust. And if you have these elements together, right, it's kind of like a fire, kind of like a fire because you don't make a fire happen, right? But you create the conditions, the flammable object, the heat and the oxygen, when you have that in place, the fire emerges and then we have successful transformations. Definitely. And, and one last uh, remark from my side, Paul. Uh, I was recently uh, listening to Simon Sinek, or you, mm -hmm. you know him. Yeah. And uh, I saw something that I like a lot and that I'm practicing because I stopped doing that, not for a good reason. And it's really to, to, to make more questions in some meetings. I mean, people mm -hmm. are afraid sometimes to, maybe I'm going to look stupid. Uh, maybe that was discussed before and they will think that I didn't do my homework. Uh, I feel that we need as well, coming back to the courage, to ask more mm -hmm. and not to be afraid to say, sorry, guys, what do you mean by that? Or sorry, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I didn't get it. Can you explain that again to me? Mm. Because when you do that as well as a leader, people will not be really afraid of say, okay, this guy with the experience that he has, is not maybe getting that right or he's kind of asking questions. 
Mm. So this will empower as well the people to, and you need to do that. Sorry, uh, it's impossible to be nowadays up to date with everything that is happening. And in my case, lately I've been in some meetings, so sorry guys that I'm lost and I see that acronym and for me means that. I don't think that we are talking about, no, 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 Rafa, it's not that, it's this other. Oh, okay, thank you very much. I'm thinking mm. no. And then as well, I think that coming back as well to the humility and say, guys, I apologize. Maybe you discussed that before, but I do not get that or I do not understand. Mm -hmm. And that's as well a, a humble approach. It's, sorry, guys, I, I won't really do, do but I do, I do not get it. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, Paul, thank you for your for your time and for the, for the podcast. Uh, good luck. And you know where I am. If you need something else, if you want really to go deeper into something, count on me. I mean, I'm enjoying this and I'm happy really to Likewise. How to be part of, uh, of this, uh, of your journey. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your insights. It's been uh, a pleasure as always, very entertaining and insightful, right? And we, we hope to see you again soon. 